this story caught my eye. It is about how difficult it is to rent in the city of Toronto. And, you know, multiple offers are being are becoming the standard now if somebody has a property up for rent because people are in dire need to secure a place to live in the city of Toronto. Rental accommodation is at an all-time low, um, you know, where availability is concerned. And so this story is interesting. It's about a Toronto landlord who found a loophole and decided to take advantage of it. Basically, a Toronto landlord bought a 1% stake in a house And then seven tenants who were living in that house were served eviction notices. Here to talk about this loophole and how um, concerning it is, is Ken Hale. He's legal director of the Advocacy Centre for Tenants Ontario. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Ken, I know when you want to evict someone, it's difficult if you are a landlord. You have to have um, cause to evict them. And one of the ways that you can do that is by saying, myself or my immediate family are going to be moving into the premises. This story is um, a new way to get around that loophole because the landlord only owns 1% of the property, yet still considered a landlord. Tell us how this works. Well, I don't know that we've really decided that he could be considered a landlord. Um, the That's a question that the Landlord and Tenant Board has to decide if these tenants are brave enough to go and fight this out in order to keep a roof over their head. But I don't, I, the Landlord and Tenant Board and the law requires them to look at what the true facts are about the relationship. How can this guy really be a landlord? He paid $9,000 to some people, and now he's claiming that he's entitled to evict. And So this is like offering a really big deposit on a place you want to rent and getting around it. Basically, this is taking advantage of a possible loophole. Yes, but I think it is just a possible loophole. I think conscientious members of the Landlord and Tenant Board would look at this and see it for the scam that it is. The law has been carefully written to say, here's the people who you can evict for, and some guy who comes along and gives the landlord $9,000 isn't on that list. You know, just allowing this person to displace seven people really makes a mockery of the law that says you can't be evicted without a proper legal cause. You know, the law clearly says at the beginning of the Residential Tenancies Act, it's supposed to be balancing the rights of tenants and landlords, supposed to protect tenants from illegal rent increases. This isn't balancing the rights. It's stretching the law to benefit property owners at the expense of people who are just trying to keep a roof over their heads. Is this the first time you've ever heard of someone trying to, you know, use this method um, as a loophole to get around? uh... A few months ago, I heard uh, this similar story, and I've been trying to track down what I was told that the Landlord and Tenant Board made a decision on the case, but I haven't been able to find that decision, and so I... The first time I heard about this was a couple of months ago. And, you know, I really think it's important that these tenants stand up and go to the Landlord and Tenant Board and tell them that this is not fair, this is not the way that the law was written, mm-hmm. and in the hopes that the Landlord and Tenant Board will do the right thing and look at the real substance, look at the true facts. And if they look at the true facts, 
it's really difficult to imagine how they could possibly come to the conclusion that these people should be displaced for this student to allegedly move in. Because so many of these cases we've seen, the person that claims they're moving in never ends up moving in. It's re-rented at much higher rates, which unfortunately, due to a loophole, the law allows landlords to raise the rent in between tenants. Um, and that's likely what is going to happen here. We'll see a whole new crop of tenants in there at much higher rents. And these owners who own multiple houses are, you know, the, the student might end up living in that property, maybe, maybe not, but he may disappear. And these owners who own multiple houses are just going to have a house full of people again, but paying a lot more rent. Right. Now, when you talk about uh, the student, with respect to this story, the uh, student is he, he was he told uh, a reporter that his parents had bought him the stake in the house and a one percent interest stake in that house to identify him as a co-landlord allowing him to uh, you know take advantage of this loophole and and evict the people that live there already but as you said the uh, landlord and tenant board members are required to look beyond the forms and determine if the law is being used as it was intended so hopefully right. this doesn't um win when it comes to the Landlord-Tenant Board, because if it does, it heralds an interesting time for renters in the City of Toronto. Well, it comes down to what is more important. Is it supporting people's greed of making more money? These landlords are probably making a good buck off the people that are already living there. Do we allow these people who are trying to keep a home to be displaced, they're going to end up paying more money. The landlord's going to end up raking in more money from new tenants. Is that really what the housing, you know, is that really what housing is built for? Or are we actually building and creating and maintaining and supporting housing so people can live in it, so that people can work, go to school, live their lives? Do you think we have to update the Residential Tenancies Act? Because as it stands right now, the title of landlord can belong to someone who owns part of a, or all of a unit. So 1% interest would count as a landlord. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, how much how much detail can we actually go into? I mean, if you look at, if you ever seen the Income Tax Act, it's thousands of pages long. Every time you pass a law, somebody comes up with some smart-ass way around it, mm-hmm. and you have to write a new section. It's really hard to do that with the Residential Tenancies Act. That's why we have a specialized tribunal to make these decisions that are given some policy direction by the government to protect tenants, and we hope that they're going to do the job. That's why it's so important that the government appoint qualified people to the Landlord and Tenant Board so they can make these sometimes difficult decisions and have some knowledge about the social context, have some knowledge about human rights, you know, have some knowledge about people's needs instead of just looking at the simplest way the the you know the to close a loophole money should the person with the most money always win and right. i think it's clear that we our laws are not set up like that well let's uh, hope this story um gets i guess at least for the the people that are involved um comes to fruition soon and they yes, find I out hope. what's going on i hope they get some good legal help and yep. that their uh, local legal aid office is still open in order to help them ken thanks so much i appreciate the call All right, take care. Ken gets in the last word, eh? The last shot there.
wonder who that was aimed at. That's Ken Hale. He's the legal director of Advocacy Center for Tenants Ontario.